right. All right. Welcome to the Barely Joking Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about... I wanted to talk about the UCB show that I watched. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Let's hear about it. Uh, it Do you remember the, the troop name? No, it wasn't a troop name. It was students. Uh, so there was like team one and team two. It was being presented by the UCB training Academy. And I, I could kind of tell what level it was because they didn't specify what level these students were, but you could just kind of tell that they were, they were like level one or two. And, uh, I'll say this compared to other comedy theaters where I've seen a level one or two, they were better in terms of the showcase, but it was just too long. Like they were, they actually had moments where, you know, how the troop stands on the side and somebody has to start the scene. There were moments that there were, there was like about five seconds where the stage was empty. Mm-hmm. And five seconds is a long time. And, yeah, it is. It is. Right. And like at, at the other places where I think you and me have taken classes, even for improvs, they're like, always make sure somebody is on stage. Right. And, and I haven't really seen it. I, th- I thought that was the weakness that I showed. It was not good. It's like the whole idea of like attacking the stage. Right. You have to attack the stage at all times just so that you, you keep the energy up on the entire show. Yep. Uh, you don't drop that, that energy. Um, yeah, stuff like that. You could tell you could tell what like they were level one or two because like they were not that consistent with keeping a game going. Like they would miss a game. Like yeah. You could clearly see should have been picked up. But it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, I I watched the show to see what exactly I would be getting into if I took a class there. I you know what when I was going through the classes, um, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> I was at one of my shows. I think it was like Improv Two Hundred One or something like that at UCB. And uh, we had a format where we would ask for a one word suggestion, and then we would kind of. Um, uh, we, we did something called like the Armando Diaz, where we would say, hey, that makes me think of this story. Here's that story. And then we would take, uh, we, we like maybe like two of us did uh, a story. And then the rest of the scenes would be uh, based on like that story or that suggestion, right? One of the two. So I remember I, I did... I did a monologue uh, just just because I'm like, okay, this reminds me of this. And I forgot exactly what the monologue was about. I think it was about like me going um, uh, on the sea for the first time. And uh, when I came out again to to do um, a beat, right, to, to initiate a new scene, I, I went completely blank. So I went back to my own story that I just told. So... I, I remember after the show, uh, my teacher, which was Aaron Jackson, he was just like, hey, just want to let you know that, you know, like you're students, but if you're going to tell a story and you're going to, uh, and you, you're expecting like your other teammates to, to pick up the story, don't go out and initiate an idea that you had and told everybody in your monologue. What do you, you mean? mean? Yeah, but what do you mean by in the monologue? Like, because it was like a Herald style thing going on. It was it was a style where it's like, um, you give me corn, right? Like mm-hmm. as the suggestion, and I would do a monologue about like me 
eating corn for the first time in, uh, you know, City Island in the Bronx with my family, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next scene, I come out and I initiate that scene of me eating right, corn. That's right, that's heroin. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so pretty much I did that and that was just because I'm, I'm like new to the game. I'm like, okay, um, it seems like no one's attacking the stage. I don't have any other ideas. Let me just pursue this idea that I just did in the monologue with everybody. And then apparently that was a no-no. That was too direct, basically? Well, it's like if if somebody else were to have taken that idea, it would have been better than if mm-hmm. and if than me doing it. Right? That's which is that which is sweet. kinda yeah, which is kinda what I saw basically when I was when I was watching the show. All the students presented like two or three monologues and then they started the scene and the other students would pick it up from whatever idea they got from it or something similar. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm just not some somebody who likes improv that much anyway performing or watching generally like sometimes if the show is really really good you'll be like yeah okay that was a really good show but uh when it's when it's not bad but when it's not as as funny as if you've seen a really good show it kind of just annoys you or you're like i don't i shouldn't have watched that that was a waste of time. <laughs> you like, gotta what? watch these shows man yeah. you gotta like you gotta take the good in with the bad like sometimes you see some really bad shows I remember the first time that I, I went on stage to do stand-up and I felt like the entire time I just wanted to pee really bad. Like I would use the bathroom and then immediately after that, I'm just like, yeah, I need to go pee again. I'm like, I have terrible. I couldn't, I, at that time, I didn't even know it was anxiety, but I was just like, man, I'm having, I need to, like in my mind, I'm like, it's not even anxiety. It's just like me just being nervous and needing to go pee. Um, but then, like, I feel like that feeling has has gone away, or at least a lot of that feeling has gone away. Uh, now, now, even in, like, the last time that I did uh, an open mic, what was it, last week or something? Yeah, it was last week. I, I went up and I had no material, right? I had no material, but I was just like, listen, what I, my goal on this stage right now is to figure out how to look and behave confidently or make it look as though I'm speaking to an audience of like my friends instead of like an audience expecting them to laugh at me. You Basically know? you wanted to show that you own the stage and assert dominance. Like you wanted to feel confident and nothing asserts more dominance than peeing on stage. So technically, you know, two birds, one stone, you could have just peed on stage. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's great. It's like, I don't yeah. have any material for you guys. So, that's uh, nice. I'm about to own this stage like a dogwood, so. <laughs> <laughs> Where the bitches at? Could have gone all the Yeah. Yeah, no, it was crazy, though, because, like, um, I, I I haven't gotten to that point where, like, I know if my material is good enough just because of, like, the lack of response I get sometimes from the audience at these open mics, you know? But what do, you, what do you mean? Like the lack of response as in like no one is laughing because you're material or generally just the population of the audience of the open mic is just so small? Well, doesn't it always feel like when you go on an open mic, like you're always the opener because everyone's doing like material that they're trying to work out. And a lot of the people who are just uh, like a lot of people that are just sitting down are waiting for their turn to get up again. Yep, yep. So they're like either on their phone or they're trying to memorize um 
what whatever it is they're gonna be performing on stage. So but like, if I get their attention, though, I know I'm good. Like I know that's a good bit if I get their attention, right? Like if I if I start a bit and suddenly those people are like, "Wait, what did you just say?" Then I know I'm like, "All right, this is a solid piece of material right there." <laughs> yeah, we have. So there was this guy at this open mic um, at this place called Chocolate Secrets, and uh, Chocolate Secrets in Dallas. In Dallas, that's right. Um, it, uh, there's this one guy who 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 says that he's blind, right? Or he's like legally blind. Uh, and I don't even know if that's part of the act or not, because like, I've seen him walk to his chair, but he always gets help onto the stage and off of the stage. But I'm like, does he have anybody else with him to drive him home or something? Like, I don't understand if this is part of the bit or not part of the bit, but for the past two weeks, I've seen this man get on stage and like the crowd wasn't laughing very much. And then he was just like, it's like, he's heckling the crowd, you know? He's just like, like I'm blind, but are there any motherfuckers in this place? <laughs> and then he, and I feel like he tries to get a rise out of the crowd because toward the end of his set, he always talks about women, and I'm just like, this is so funny. Like he's literally trying to provoke this crowd to like do some sort of reaction, because like the for his entire set, he's talking about how, hello, is anybody home? I can't hear anybody. I'm blind. Is anybody home? Wait, but so do you think that's an act that he's blind? Like, or or, Dude, or I, is he for real? I don't really know, man, because I, I, I saw him go into the into the venue and look for a seat and find a seat and sit down. But for some reason, every time he gets on stage, um, uh, the host is always helping him onto the stage. Yeah, it's an act. And and not even that. And not like I mean you can test it, just push him and see what happens, you know? Because like push him from the front and see if he braces beforehand. Right? Like run towards him full force. Like run towards him from that movie uh Get Out, you know, that scene where Mm -hmm. like the gardener, the black dude is like running in the backyard and doing sprints and shit. Yeah. Like do that towards him and see if he flinches. And if he does, then you know for real he's not blind and it's an act. The word, word. I have a feeling that the audience knows that it's an act, and that's why he's uh, getting the attention. Because if it's like an actual blind person doing that, that's hilarious, right? I'm on board. I'm like, this motherfucker is making jokes because of his situation, right? And using his situation to make jokes. That's hilarious. Right, right. But like, if you're just faking it, we're like, oh my god, wouldn't it be funny if there was like a blind person who did bad jokes? That's like, you know, that's just too hacky. Well, he's staying really committed to it. If 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 he's doing it just uh, just for the bit, he's he's being pretty consistent because I mean, if it's you see, bit for every week, right? But then that's the thing. I, if he's doing that, but then you see him get in a car and drive away afterwards, you're just like, <laughs> oh wait, hold up, hold up for a sec. I'm not laughing at this dude again. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, it's like the the Superman theory is just like, well, I haven't seen him not driving either. You know, <laughs> right, right. Who knows? How's he get there and back? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just think it's really interesting because I I think that there's only one time that I've seen someone really murder at an open mic, you know, and I came to this realization, you know, probably just talking to you um, a couple of days ago, where like you, you go to the open mic and you just have to do it for yourself. Like you have to you have to believe in your material so much that you take the uh, necessary pauses that you want to to take and 
you perform it to the best of your ability. And to some degree, you can't really worry about what the crowd is going to be, the crowd's reaction is to your material because you need to continue that same energy throughout your entire five minutes. Yeah, and not even that. That that crowd is not the people I'm going to be performing in front of if I do get an actual gig or whatever because those are other comics. You know, like I do not care about their opinion. I mean, I care about their opinion, but not as audience members, you know? I don't care about their laugh. I care about how I how they can help me make my idea better. So when you're at an open mic, right. you're just sitting with other comedians. Like I don't care if this dude laughs or not. Uh, I I don't I don't mind his input afterwards, but I don't care if he laughs. Right, right. I don't know. It's just I I think I think that when when I first started going to uh, to open mics and stuff, my expectations were a little bit different. Like my expectation was that these people were going to laugh and it's going to be a nurturing environment to some degree no. where they're going to listen to your no. stuff and laugh if they think it's funny. And it's not really like that. It's more like, you know how like we, we, um, we've created sketches in the past and we kind of like refine the sketches to a point where we think that it's ready for stage. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's the same way that I, I had to start thinking about my craft here when it comes to telling jokes, it's just like, all right, let me find the setup, the tags, the punchline, and then refine it to the best of my capability, just looking at it on the page, memorize it, and try to perform it in front of a crowd of people as practice. And then if, I'll know if it's good or not based on their reaction, but more so based on how confident I am in my own material, right? Right. And that's what, what I'm mean, trying no, to do, I, is I trying so. to get more confidence. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like that's the least nurturing environment there is stand-up comedy, so you're not going to get that. Oh, man. You know, like, but doesn't it fly in the face of, like, logic, though, to some degree? Just, like, you think, you would think that if you're in a room full of comics um, and they laugh, like, I mean, that's what you want. Because if they laugh, then you're right. No, no, that's, that's true, too. That's true, too. That's when you have a really, really good creative bit that even the other comics haven't come up with or heard of anywhere else, right? But if you have like, like you, like you have your A material, you have your B material, and you have your C material, right? And A material just by, just by basic logic and understanding is going to be less than all the other material, right? Good bits are always harder, and right. you always have less of. And so they'll laugh at your A material, but if they're not laughing at your B and C material, it doesn't mean your B and C material is not funny, right? And that's mostly, like, if you have five minutes on a mic, one minute will be for the one really good joke you came up with, and you might get laughs or chuckles from the comics. But then your other four minutes are good, solid B material, but they don't laugh at any of them. They're back on their phone and stuff. doesn't mean your B material is bad, you know? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you get that, if you get a laugh from a room full of just comics... That is solid gold material right there. Like there's a kernel in there that you can really, really get something out of. But if you don't get it, it doesn't mean oh, okay, all my shit is bad. No, because then that's like then you're just you in an entire year you'll come up with only like maybe five or ten minutes instead of you know potentially twenty five to thirty, right? Right. You know, I I I came across like this really really old Dave Chappelle. Um, uh, TV appearance. I think it was like on David Letterman or something like that. It was a really, really old clip. And you could tell that he was extremely young and stuff. Uh, it's like, 
Like, you know, when you, when you watch a video and like, you can tell that it's on VHS, <laughs> like that's how old <laughs> this thing was. <laughs> um, and I, and I was like, I was listening to his jokes and I was like really surprised because I'm like, man, this dude has made it so far. Um, and like, as far as like mastering his career, because the jokes that he had for that TV appearance, in my opinion, were like not very funny right but i was just like he's still getting the laughs though right but it was not very like i literally thought i was watching him do like an open mic somewhere you know where he's just testing out material right right yeah he's using the late show appearance as as uh as a way to practice his material yeah i mean a lot of comics do that's like well known you know like a late night host would be like yeah come come on the show and i'll interview you about your special and just do some crappy bits from the not crappy bits but you know like your b or c material from your stand-up special or your show or whatever right yeah i just thought it was like like the amount of practice that you can have uh would be like if you just continue practicing that's what i mean then you're just gonna eventually just be great like you're not gonna be great off the bat you know like you yeah i feel like reps matter a lot yeah 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 it's so funny like you would think that if you see someone who's funny like all the time now, like whoever it is, like Joe Rogan or, or Dave Chappelle or whoever, uh, that it's easy to think that it's just it's just like pure talent and like you can't touch it, like you can't become more funny. So I don't know, seeing seeing things like that really inspired me to just keep going and not give up. You know, if if I'm not where I yeah, wanna yeah. be, then just keep on going. No, I feel that. Yeah, I, well, I mean, uh, all right, so I just want to 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 see if we had any bits to talk uh, talk about. Uh, but if you want to finish your thought, you can you can go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, I, w- I want to talk about some bits now because uh, yeah, the UCB show was that's the only thing I saw this week that kind of made me think. Okay, uh, this, this isn't this was interesting to watch, but. I still felt jealous of those actors that I need to get back in the game. And so I started, like, in the last week or so, I've actually started writing new material and bits, right? Okay, cool. And, uh, and by the way, one thing I realized, you come up with bits more if you actually go out. Like, it's very hard to come up with good bits if you're just sitting at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to go outside. You have to experience Yeah, something. Yeah, I was like, I came up, I went out this entire week, like, meeting friends and going to bars and shit, and I came up with a bunch of bits, I mean, you're always gonna come up with bits too if you, if you're like in New York City too. Like, there's just there's always something going on, or like there's always something weird that's happening on the trains. Yeah. Like I've wanted to recreate um, train characters that I've seen in real life, but I'm like, oh man, like those are too close to the nose. Yeah, not even that. People will just be like, yo, I can just see this in the subway. Why would I want to watch your show? You know. Sorry, but I- <laughs> It's like I, I like, want to see the original. <laughs> like they did it better. Like right. imagine they're just yeah. like, oh, that's an imitation. Yeah, yeah, the A train did it better. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Yo, by the way, I was in New York and I took the Q train, which is like yeah. a new line, and they have this thing where you can just uh, use your phone, like Apple Pay. I I, I saw that. I Yo, saw that. that blew my mind. I was like, Yo, this is amazing. This is like, 
the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was, I just blew my mind for some reason because I didn't have my Metro card, and my boys like I, they didn't have like a one of those machines to get a Metro card from. Yeah. So I was like, all right, time to hop the turnstile. But then there was a cop there, so I'm like, uh, actually, no, wait. I wanna, I just wanna state very clearly, I don't condone that kind of behavior. Never jump the turnstile. I got a buddy of mine who jumped turnstiles for like over 10 years, right? What's success? Like he's only gotten caught like maybe twice. And like you More get, words. you only get like a hundred dollar fine if you get caught, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, Cause I've been caught once, but not through the turnstile, just going through the doors. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's like, there was like a lady coming through with her like daughter and like the, the stroller or whatever. And I was like, yes, I'll yeah. hold the door for you. And I just went through. And then a cop comes out of like the corner is like, Hey man, guess what? You're about to get a fine. And you're just like, oh, man, can we do this? Can we pick this up another time? Because <laughs> uh, my but, up. But my buddy who used to jump the turnstiles like all the time, saves a whole bunch of money on transportation for sure, as you can imagine. He is now working at the MTA. I'm like, you couldn't find a better job. <laughs> you're like, you couldn't. <laughs> but this is like one of the only times where like you can rob a bank and then they'll just be like, hey, but you're just so good at numbers. Why don't you just work here? Not even that. Like, he's, like, cracking down on the other people who are hopping it. He's like, I know exactly how these people think. Oh, my God. He's going to be the snitch? The yeah. snitch of the MTA? He's like, I know what I'm hunting down. I know how these <laughs> motherfuckers think. No, but, uh, but, yeah, no. So, I was in New York, and uh, I went and watched a show at UCB, and then uh, I decided to hang out with, like, a couple of my friends. And we were at a bar, and it was interesting because we were at this bar and i'm sitting in the bar and they're playing like some really like 2010 music right like music from the 2010s like mm -hmm. yeah i would say up to like 2012 2013 right around right. the time around the time i graduated college right and uh they're playing that music everyone in the bar is roughly our age plus 25 below like 35 or 30 or whatever and, yo, it's about 8.30, and these girls are drunk, and they're dancing and stuff. Like, this is the kind of behavior you would see at a college bar at about 12 or 1 o'clock, right? And it's happening yeah. at 8.30. And this is, the first, this is my and, – and my first thought was, isn't it funny how you can just see somebody at a bar drunk and immediately know what stage of the night they're in, right? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah, I could just yeah. tell what stage of the night these girls, like, some of these girls were in, and I'm like, okay, so they've already pre-gamed, but they started at 5.30 because they're 25, 26, right? They're too old for the young stuff. So they started at, like, 5.36. Yeah. They're already turned at about 8.30. They're going to go on until 10. They're going to reach home at 11 and pass because they need to go to work the next day or whatever, right? Yeah. And, and, and my buddy's like, yeah, you were, you were exactly correct because apparently the bar we were in, it's called Stumble Inn. Uh at about 11 30 12 when the young crowd starts coming in the music switches immediately to like the current you know the mumble rap stuff like little baby and all these other rappers <laughs> yeah 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 because because and the reason i was asking these questions to him too like yo how do you know that all this stuff happens like that, that the music changes and the crowd changes he's like look at the look at the bouncer he id'd us when we came in right Usually, I, I've rarely been ID in some places. Imagine if they started doing this thing where it's just like, hey, you, have you recognized this song before? And it's like Genuine or Usher. And you're just like, yeah, I love that song. It's just like, you're old enough to get into this band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that, that was basically it. And we were having a good laugh about it because like, 
my friends that I was with, like, they took me to this place for the first time. And they're like, yeah, at around 11, 30, 12, we leave from here. Like, we don't, because it's like, you know, it's not that you don't want to hang out with people who are like 22, 21. Yeah, but, well, you kind of don't, but also you don't want to listen to that music, you know, while you're getting turned. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> that is really funny because I totally understand what you're talking about. Like, there are, like, when you get younger, like, those stages are different. Like, when I was younger, when I was hanging out around uh, 21, 22, I would go to the NYU area. There's, like, this bar called Continental. It was, like, known to be, like, a racist bar, though. Like, <laughs> like it was just, like, one of those weird places of, like, oh, wait, you've, you've been to that bar, right? I'm like, yeah. And then it was just like, oh, that place is racist. And I'm just like, well, they have, they have like, what, five drinks for $10, like five shots for $10. So I'm just going to, I guess I'm just going to suck it up for a little bit. And then I'm going to take that up. racism, son. I'm just going to do it. So I remember like that place was so cheap and it has like such bad, like bad cheap liquor that I used to drink there. And like, that's where I pre-gamed. That's where I did my thing. Um, right. But, but what time older, were you doing it at, right? Like, that's the question. Like, if you're 21, oh, 20, you'd, be, 21? you'd be doing that at oh. about, like, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., right? Around minimum, that time. Minimum 10 or 11. Yeah, mm. and now now you're like, 6 o'clock, guys, we got to start taking these shots. I will get home. Like, planning traffic and stuff like that. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, yo, shower. Yeah, yeah. It, it was hilarious because, like, like <laughs> it was just weird to see – some of the people in the bar are just getting turned up and you could clearly tell that the reason they're doing it at 830 is because of their age. You were like, oh, she looks like 26. Makes sense. She has to twerk. <laughs> she has to twerk at 830 so she can be in bed by 10. 100%. Oh, man. But it, like, all right. So so where do you want to take this bit in that case? Like, do you want like, did you already think about it? If you want to do uh, a stand up bit for it or um, sketch comedy? Bit? No, 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 no. Stand up. This is a stand up bit okay. for sure because the act outs would be great. I'm just trying to figure out what would the three beats be because like you can go by age the way I'm describing it now, which is what I saw at the bar, right? Uh, where like you could tell what somebody's age was depending on what time and what time in the night they start dancing like crazy or getting drunk or whatever, right? Like if it's like one a.m., you know they're nineteen twenty. Like the 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 later it is, the younger they are, or vice versa, or whatever. Uh, but the other bit was also just generally how you can just notice what part of the night somebody's in just by looking at them, regardless of their age, right? Like, right, 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 right. Like you can tell somebody's at the pre-gaming phase by when they've ordered fries as soon as they enter the bar. Like somebody enters the bar smelling like alcohol, but they're ordering fries. It's like, all right, this person pre-gamed a little bit too hard. They're trying to calm down. They're going to start drinking after these fries are over, right? Like, right, right. So... So I'm, I was thinking the way I would introduce it is first I would just talk about the specific example of what I saw in person and then move to the general example of you can just generally tell what face okay. somebody, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. What what I really like to, um, I don't know, I don't know if you want to add this uh, into your, into your bit or anything, but like just understanding that like, that, uh, that the generations are changing right now because you'll see like younger people at the bar, like on their phone a lot more than like people who are listening to their, to their songs, uh, like the 2010s playlist and like they're 35. So they're just trying to like, they're literally just trying to hang out with their friends at that point, you know? 
Yo, that is so true. Because so, like, yeah, yeah. Because when it was me, so it was me, two of my friends, and one of my friends' girlfriends, right? And yeah. we're just sitting at the, we're just sitting in the booth, and we're having drinks, and uh, we were not on our phone at all. Like, and we, if somebody went on their phone, you would look at them like, hey, man, we're all in our late twenties, almost. We're trying to spend some quality time together, bro. What are you yeah. doing? And like, everyone's like. Uh, lip syncing to the music they're having a good time and they're talking about the songs like oh my god when i heard this song i was on the school bus and like i was like so turned and like it's like bro you were in eighth grade what are you talking about like that's when gold digger came out right (laughs) i feel like i feel like that's like the new way of finding like that's like the new wrinkles right you know how like when you are younger you look at somebody who has wrinkles on their forehead you're just like that person's old if you're trying to spend quality time with people, you're old as fuck, man. You're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. No, but I also feel that's happened because of phones, if you think about it. Like, people care more about quality time because they realize phones really suck up your time. Like, like it's. I feel like people seek concentrated quality time now because when they're alone, they're just so sucked into their phones. I don't know. Maybe we're getting in too deep for this bit, but, like, that's what I think. I feel like, okay, so here's the deal, right? Like, yes, yes, that could be thinking too much for this for this beat or for, like, this little bit that you have. But I'm, like, I'm just trying to explore all of the ideas around going to the club at this time and what your behaviors are because um, it can add to your bit, I think, if you if people know what your feelings are and what you're observing from other people across the room, right? Right. Right. That's true. That's true. Uh, I, I just think that that's one of those, like, it's like one of those moments where you have to analyze, like, hey, listen, what I think is normal is, like, other people's, like, weird, you know? Right. So there's there's more to play around with. Um, no, because there was a lot of interest. I mean, maybe I was noticing it that night particularly because we all, as a group, noticed that behavior. That, yo, everyone at this club right now is about 27, 28, 29, maybe 30. And they're all turned at this time because, you know, it's good music. Like, we were we were at another bar before the one we were having a good time at with the music. And there was they were not playing any music there. And when we came here, we are like, oh, my God, we have to stay here because the music that they're playing is so great. Right. It's hard to find a bar playing this music right now. I feel like we're in the right in the middle of like two generations who want to listen to their music. Because like to I I do the same thing, too. Like I go into a a bar and like if they if they're playing like some some music that I I deem is like really good. Right. Because it's something that I look I listen to like in college or whatever. um, I'm like, yo, I got to stay at this place. This place has like amazing music. And then. Like I went to, this was when I was in Miami. I went to Miami and I went to like this one place and it was all trap music. And like everybody was on their phone. Nobody was dancing. Exactly. Because you can't even lip sync. Yo, yo, that's number number one. You can't lip sync with trap music because they're mumbling. It's just going to be a bunch of people mumbling like zombies in the club. (laughs) Right? Right? Like at least like some old school Kanye or something. At least you can like, you know, lip sync with the verse. Yeah, I I think that there's something there. I I can't tell you exactly um, which way to go with it, but there's so many different aspects to how you see the world. You just gotta put the funny in it, right? Right? right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which we call it? Um, I got I got a bit for you though. I got so this right here is a character. 
this is a character that I'm thinking about um, uh, for sketch comedy, or maybe I can just do it as a bit of my performance when I go up on an open mic just to try out to see if it works or not, right? Mm -hmm. But do you remember when I pitched to you the idea of watching that Montel Williams uh, video that was like 10 minutes long about how how hard his life was, but he yeah. as an actor yeah. with PTSD. Um, he, had, he hosted his own television show. You know, Did we talk before. about it in our last episode? No, 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 we didn't. We, okay. we talked about it this week, but... Uh, I'm just I'm just giving you some uh, uh, some background just in case you forgot or if anybody else is is not understanding where this idea came from, right? Yeah, no, no. Summarize it one more time. Yeah. Okay, got it. So, so uh, this idea came from watching a video on YouTube from Montel Williams talking about his struggles, uh, you know, just his life struggles. For ten minutes, he was talking about uh, how. He had PTSD, how he was uh, an actor, how he was, how he struggled with addiction, uh, with MS, uh, a couple of other things, right? But he didn't have an easy road. That's, that was his gist. And he's talking to um, the interviewer for like nine of those 10 minutes about his struggles. And then the last minute, the last minute, he talks about how he found the keto, uh, the ketogenic diet. And it fixed so much for him. It changed his life. And I just thought that was a very weird thing. To uh, if, I'm t if I'm telling you that I have PTSD and I have cancer and like I'm obese, but also I have mental issues. And then I tell you that I found the fix and it's just getting your body into ketosis, using ketones for energy and getting away from carbs and sugars and like that solved all my problems i think that's that's a ridiculous thing that uh like that's a ridiculous argument right i, I feel like you should believe I, I, my question to you is in that video what was like one example in the first like nine minutes or whatever that he mentioned like taxes or something that seemed like the complete opposite or unrelated to going on a keto diet to solve that problem well, I mean, he was talking about having PTSD and and uh and then later on, of course, he's talking about a keto keto diet. I'm like, my man, I don't think that that's how that like keto well, works. No, 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 because somebody could argue like mind and body connection, like if your body is in a good state, your mind will be or something like that, right? But like there has to be like an example of like my car got towed like three times. <laughs> you, know you know what helped me get it back because i feel like whatever that example is in there in in that that's a real example yeah in a video like that yeah that becomes your first beat and then you heighten from there you think so okay yeah i feel like that would make it so funny like you're just starting off with taxes the audience immediately knows what the game is and they're equally confused they're like they're like, okay, taxes, maybe we're missing something. Maybe he'll explain it further in the second example. <laughs> and the second example is also crazy, and they're like, okay, this is the game. And then in yeah. the third example, you do like a twist or something, right? Where it's like, wait, that actually makes sense. Keto would solve that problem. All right, so this is, okay. So I like that. I like that idea. I think I think that what I would do to tweak that um, uh, uh, a little bit would be to start off with something that could that you could believe that would be like mind and body, 
like okay. that would fix okay. it. Fine. And then you go over to like something crazy like taxes, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because now you're just like, I can see how this thing is weird, but now this thing definitely doesn't get solved by using keto. Right. There's no fucking way. But then would you just finish on a third beat that's similar to the second beat or would you have a twist at the end? Like, what would you? I mean, I, I'm thinking that if I'm going from taxes, then I would be like, like it, it helped him with something that you can pot like that doesn't even exist anymore, like time travel or something. Yeah, I would just be like, and I grew a tail or something, like, right, like something crazy that like something positive and crazy and like just uh like a really crazy idea, basically, of what what he actually gained from the keto diet. So like the first two would be keto diet helping him solve the problem. And he's like, and as a bonus, I now have wings and can fly or I can read people's minds, right? From the keto oh, diet. Wow. Okay. So it's almost like taking whatever you would market because, you know, like that's like a marketing tool, like rebel right. things. Yeah. It's just but, like, yeah. Ba- oh, no, it would be so great if he said, but wait, there's more. Right. Um, yeah. 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 But wait, there's more. I can read people's minds. So everyone like has forgotten about taxes at this point. They're like, is this real? What? You know? I feel that. Okay, so I wrote this, I wrote this literally last night. This is just like the first that was sorry, that's the this is the first bit of the character monologue. Uh, I'm just gonna read it to you and then you can see if you if you find it to be interesting enough to begin with, okay? Okay. Uh also this is very rough. So Yeah. You know, give it to me, all right? Just be like, that fucking sucked. That fucking sucked. All right, so uh, so this is Montel saying this. Thank you for having me, class of 2020, NYU Tisch. You're all graduates of the arts. You might see me put together successful actor, TV host, and producer uh, standing in front of you. Let me assure you, I've been homeless, divorced, addicted to drugs. The only two things that saved my life was God and the ketogenic diet. Okay. Is that's that it? That's, the, that's just the intro. And then I okay. go into it a little bit more. Yeah, but go on. Is that, uh, did that interest you at least for the first part? Yes. Yes, because I feel like it's a list of things that don't really connect. So that's definitely like curious to the audience. Like, why is ketogenic ketogenic diet at, there at the end, right? You're right, uh, right. So, so I feel like that being like kind of like a one sentence thing is great, and then you immediately jump into it. Okay. All right. Cool. So I was just trying to make it so that, like, because we, you know, like when you're writing a character, you have to be like really concise. So I'm trying to get everyone on board where where this person is. Uh, what he's doing, which is he's talking to um, graduates of the arts at, you know, a graduation, um, his struggles and what helped him, right? Mm-hmm. And like what helped him is supposed to at least not be connected to what he's facing so that I can provide that logic afterwards. So I just want okay. to make sure like you thought that that was like I've already accomplished my mission in that case. I'm just trying to think. I mean, yeah, I think it, I think you're on the right track. Like, I, I'm, I mean, I want to hear like at least a minute. That's what I'm saying. Like, go a minute in, and then let's see how it goes. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm gonna continue working on this. 
maybe I can perform this in front of you guys, uh, all of our audience and you next week. Once I have like the structure all down, okay. I have written uh, three beats for this character, but those are like first draft beats. So right, right. yeah, that's fine. Because I feel like right now it it sounds like, and I, I think I told you this as well. The idea is very mildly like it's it's not that similar because again, you're parroting a real life person's. Uh, video or whatever so it, it's it's more uh grounded definitely right but it's it's kind of similar in terms of uh the way you're adding a twist on every beat similar to my keen peels uh skit consequences right yeah yeah and i feel like which was a what fucking which is which is, which yeah, is a great yeah I, I, that's one of my favorite like consequences but like i feel the the main thing that you have as of now that that sketch has, which is definitely a positive on both of them is that it starts up serious, right? Cause even the video starts up serious, right? That's the grounding of it. Mm-hmm. it. It starts off, you're talking about a serious topic and then you're just introducing the audience to the beats. So, so that's what it sounds. What, what I'm saying is what you read so far sounded like, okay, you're on the right track. Word. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Um, let's see. There's something else that, that I wanted to, to talk to you about this week. It was not... All right, so there was me talking to you about Medical Police, which is uh, a show on Netflix now, but you didn't, you didn't watch it yet. But no, there was something else. That. There was something else that we were going to talk about. The Joe Rogan podcast and having Robert Downey Jr. Oh, my God. The Robert Downey Jr. Po- oh, dude. Yeah, that show was awesome, like... Like we're we're starting to do podcasts now, and like so, you you listen to a lot of podcasts to see how, how you know the quality is and what people are doing out there. But the Joe Rogan one has consistently been such a good podcast to listen to, and that was that was really really great to see like Robert Downey Jr. out of nowhere just be on that podcast. Yeah, I you know what I I'm surprised that I haven't seen a lot of other famous people on the Joe Rogan podcast. Just mm-hmm. knowing that uh, Robert Downey Jr just went on there to talk about Tropic Thunder, which is, mm-hmm. by the way, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yo, I, that, that was the main thing I actually want to talk to you about. So there was a point where Joe Rogan asks him in that podcast, do you think Tropic Thunder could have been made today? Right. And then they went into the entire... And by the way, that movie has been discussed even previously on that podcast by Jamie right. Foxx, right? And the question was basically the blackface thing. Right, and right, right, right. And uh, I don't think so, man. I mean, like, from from Robert Downey Jr., uh, from his perspective, it sounded like he was saying that maybe there's a possibility that it could be done again. Mm-hmm. But I well, he I, did say he did say, like, you could as in, yeah, no one can stop anyone from doing anything. But it doesn't mean you would get the same uh, feedback or or result that we got you know right and and by the way the thing that interested me most was when that topic came up he's like instead of me getting flagged ben stiller got flagged for saying the r word (laughs) for saying for saying saying retarded yes Uh, for his simple jack also for 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 simple jack and to me that was hilarious 
Oh, dude, I couldn't even, I couldn't keep it straight. Like, are you serious? Like, I, I heard that and I was yeah, just like, like, you know what? I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's so true. Like, Everybody was talking about like how they, this is completely politically uh, incorrect. But, and, but notice the irony here, okay? Notice the irony here that like Jamie Foxx has been on the podcast and even Robert Downey Jr. was like, I have black friends. He's like, 90% of them were okay <laughs> with it. And 10 of them were like, hey, we prefer it if you don't do blackface. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, that's fine. That's just like a regular percentage of the audience for any joke, right? For any oh, joke, right, that's right. a regular percent. 90%, if it's a good funny joke, 90% will like it. You know, it's a good bit. And 10% will be like, please don't do that. Did it say, so, but the way that he said it was just so funny to me. At least this is the way that I heard it. He was just like, 90% of my black friends were just like, dude, that was great. And right. then, uh, Joe was just like, what about the other 10%? And he he did he just said, um, well, they're not wrong. <laughs> right. Instead of just being like, yo, they were like, I understand where they're coming from. It's just like they're not wrong. I get it. But this is a comedy, right? Is- but this is a comedy. So like no no one there's no way at least one person won't get offended for some reason or the other. But to me the funny part was that if if that's the ratio, right, of like ninety ten for something that is kind of controversial overall overall doing blackface. And uh, Ben Stiller gets completely massacred for saying retarded means that the people from that community think that they have more right to be offended than black people and blackface. Like black people watching. So like that to me was crazy. I'm like, what? That was the what? I mean, the reason why I liked uh, Tropic Thunder so much is because they were making fun of Hollywood. Right. Like that's the whole thing. Like they were making fun of Hollywood. and And they did that for... Ben Stiller playing a retarded character as in like just the way Robert Downey Jr. is playing blackface to like win the Academy Award or whatever in that movie. Uh, ben Stiller's character is playing a retarded character to win an award too. Like that's the irony that actors <laughs> will do these shitty things. Actors will do these shitty things like playing a retarded person to to get awards. Yeah. I mean, and like the thing is, is that I cannot help I can't help but think that if someone offered me that role, that I'll just be like, man, but how much are you paying me for this? You know, like, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like they're in this time period, like you're supposed to be held to like another standard uh, as a performer. Like if someone tells you to do something for money, but it's like unsavory, do you take the money or not? And I'm like, yes, that's why there's strippers and prostitutes in the world. Was that? That's why there's strippers and prostitutes in the world. Yes, you do do it. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, like, that movie, no matter if Robert Downey Jr. took the role or not, that movie was going to be made. No matter what. Right, right, right. But you it might as well, you might as well because... be doing a good job, right? That's the main thing. Like, you might, if that movie is going to get made regardless, you might as well have somebody do a good job of it. Yes. And, like, have it be funny because it could have easily not been funny. Right. And it would have been offensive if it wasn't funny. Ugh. I think that's the main point. That Was it was it unfunny? Right? If it wasn't... if it, if I don't think unfunny is a word. Is unfunny a word? Yeah, unfunny is a word. If it was unfunny, you could be like, okay, that's fair. You know, it, it was offensive because it wasn't funny. It didn't do the number one job it was supposed to do. So now you can say, yes, I was offended. Right? But if it's funny and entertaining, you can't be like, I don't know. At least that's my opinion on things. 
Dude, but like, have you ever been roasted by somebody and you're just like, that roast was so good, but at the yes. same time, that yes. hurt me a lot, man. But I appreciate it. And I feel like the only people in that perspective usually is like comedians. I know, man. I know. Like, I feel like whenever I get roasted, really, like, I, Logan, Logan was roasting me. Um, right, let's explain who Logan is, though, because we mentioned him a couple of times. Yeah, oh, yeah, Logan is one of our other um, comedy buddies. Uh, he resides in Dallas, uh, right. and he does he does the whole game. Logan Romero, shout out to Logan Romero. Yeah, yeah. he does the whole thing. He does stand up. He does improv and sketch. He's a powerhouse. Um, but he wrote he he roasted me one time, and like it was just so good that I had to give him pounds. I'm just like, man, that was, man, if I was, if I was more sensitive, I would have been like so upset at you right now, but that was just so good. I'm so proud. <laughs> That's just like the difference between like, uh, like, a like a comedian and I, I guess someone who, who can't battle with wits to some degree. Right. I don't know. That's why, I mean, that's why I've been watching those roast masters uh uh on youtube so Roastmasters, for for anyone who doesn't know is the uh is like these comedians go head to head and do roast battles on stage and they get judged by other comedians to see how good the jokes were and then i guess you just you're just battling for um for the title you know for the street cred you're not battling for any money i don't think or anything no no no. yeah it's just just winning that battle and Honestly, I feel like roasting is the thing that really, really shows how witty you are, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially because a lot of those, like, for example, in Roastmasters, what you're talking about, you don't really know the person that intimately, right? Mm-hmm. Intimately, right? Like, you know them to a certain extent, maybe. Because uh, it's like a it's a battle, right? It's like a tournament. And you right. might get to roasting yeah. somebody you don't know that well. Yeah, And you have to be really witty to come up with jokes just on their appearance alone. Or whatever. I think they talk it up beforehand, though, just to be oh, like, because um, they want to make a good show. Like that's the good thing about like inter- uh, like being in the entertainment business. It's just like yeah, like me and you, we might be battling, but we also want to make it entertaining for everyone else to hear, right? Right. So I'm gonna tell you all the bad things in my life. Uh, my mom's dead. Uh, my dad might be my brother. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like yeah. So they they do talk about like stuff that's under under the belt. And um, just be like, you just can't touch these topics. And then, like, the funniest thing is, like, when someone says... See, I don't get that part, though. When people, when, I, I don't agree with you there. When you're like, uh, don't don't touch on these topics. Because we've seen some roasts where people are talking about their parents and shit. And I'm like, yo, what? Who? I, I don't agree that they meet beforehand. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm disagreeing with you here. Oh, okay. You know what? I mean, so this is... All right, so talking about roast battling, right? right. I, don't, I don't know necessarily if if this works so well with this podcast or not, but one of my one of my buddies was having like a roast battle, not roast battle per se. Like they were having like these petty arguments over text message to each other because like they're in the midst of like a breakup, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this girl was just like telling him that. Uh, that he has chicken legs and his breath stinks, right? And then like, <laughs> and I was just like, and I'm like, you know, the, this is this is a part of my personality that I think looks for stories so that I can retell them because I'm just like, 
on the one hand, I'm just like, hey, man, just don't answer back. And then on the other hand, I'm just like, no, no, you Most better, you better can like you, you need to nail her ass, dude. You need to do that shit if you're gonna be going right. back and forth, you know, just completely instigating the entire thing, you know, right? Which is not helping the situation because um, <laughs> like, no, you're no, you should have just been like, hey, man, I got to Mitchell to practice for my next rose battle, so just give me the phone real quick. <laughs> so, so like, so this is what he did. He he talked about like her ex husband. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then she came back and she was furious at that point. And then she w- and then she uh, started taking jabs at his mom, at his dead mother. Right. Damn. I'm, I'm just this. like, oh, man. Um, I'm but like, who do you oh, think crossed the line first? Talking about the ex-husband or saying that your breath smells? Because I'd be pretty offended if somebody says my breath smells. I'd be like, excuse me, I brush three times a day. Um. No, like the dead mother, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, before it reached that level, oh, right? Who I crossed see. the line first? Who crossed the line first? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, all right. So when you have an ex-husband or an ex-wife, and you bring that up, like that might be crossing a line. Um, but dental health is so right. important to people that I don't okay. think she had any right to say that. Oh, I mean, she was going for blood at that point. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, but to be fair though, like he he also brought up her son into the conversation. So Oh you know, like, my man. Yeah, I'm yeah. That makes sense. Off. And then like yeah. came back with her comeback. See, this is the thing. I'm looking at this entire exchange going back and forth, right? And mm-hmm. I am I am standing on the sidelines watching this happen. So it's very entertaining to me, right? But right. like like I know that for sure, like this man got destroyed uh, for even a moment when when she brought up like the dead mother joke, and like here I am like saying like all right cool 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 well she didn't have any other good thing to say except for this jab so I think that you should feel good about like you won that battle but then um, I mean I just think that makes me like able to laugh at anything. You know, so like I, I, I cannot be consulted when you, you, someone asks me, oh, is this PC? I'm just like, dude, I will laugh at anything. I will laugh at anything. <laughs> like, Yo, do you think she went too far? I'm like, maybe, but she's funny though. <laughs> so like, she did it creatively. So I'm, I'm going to give her a pass. If she did not do it creatively, then no, yeah. I would have not given the pass. And like, that's my thing. I feel like I get offended when I feel like you completely missed the joking part. And just right, yo, that's actually yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a comedian, you're like more offended when, hey man, you missed the punchline while you were talking about my dead mother. It's like, oh okay, like, I didn't know. I, I, like, I didn't know you're you're more comedian than human, basically. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it's just like, hey, listen, like you want to go another round, please, because <laughs> um, that joke fell flat. And it's just like right. it wasn't. I wasn't joking. I'm like, well, that's more hurtful in that case because everything I'm doing is in good taste. Okay, good right. form. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other bits? No, uh, I'm working on. I mean, next week I'm gonna have a bunch because like the the bit I told you today about like you know drunk people in the bar and stuff is something that I have actually kind of hashed out in my head, or I know the direction where I want to go. Where my other bits that I've written, I really don't. But I think next week, next episode, we'll probably go over uh, more of the stuff that I'm working on, and I plan on. Uh, I plan on doing Laugh Factory, I think, next week. Okay, great. Yeah. 
uh, not Laugh Factory, sorry, Stress Factory and New Brunswick. New Brunswick, New Jersey. So, uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. All I think right. that's one of the main things I'm going to be recapping next episode. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you this question because I'm I'm trying to um I'm trying to write uh, more news related uh, jokes because of this NBC diversity program that um that I'm going to be submitting for right right and I've been looking at places like E News, uh, CNN, New York Times for my news, but I I I'm also looking for not so much. Uh, serious political topics, which is like, you know, freaking everywhere now from like Iran to, you know, the, this impeachment and stuff like that. It's like right. all repetitive is all like, you know, how many jokes can you make about this, you know, and, and keep right. it fresh. So I'm looking at other topics like maybe celebrities lives and um, like new technology out. Do you know of a good place uh, where they just have yeah. good headlines? So what I do is I go to MSN, Right. And I go to MSN.com and I usually, the front page has like headlines for celebrities, like stuff happening in the entertainment business, for example, or movies and stuff or TV shows. And then I literally click on the entertainment tab itself. And then they have like e-news, it's called entertainment news, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I check that and then I use Reddit as well. I use Reddit a lot for if you go on, like if you're on mobile Reddit and if you go all the way to the left tab that they have at the top, you'll see news. And they have like world news, politics, and then entertainment, science, technology, all that stuff. Okay. So I kind of use that. I kind of like doing world news as well because I think that's relevant. A lot of times what's happening around the world, I don't like sticking to only the United States. Because you're right, it's the same shit everywhere, right? Like impeachment, Trump, impeachment, Trump. It's like, okay, you can crack like three or four jokes, but that's it. I got, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, because I've been... I've been working on uh, some of these jokes and I'm like, where are these news articles? We need more news. How do we, ha- how do right. we not have more news? I feel like Twitter has become like the new, like social media has become like the main news source, you know? Yeah. Twitter, WhatsApp forwards, memes and stuff on Facebook. And then like, they even have like headlines that I think that there's too many, ser- like too many extremely serious headlines. Like, uh, like for instance, I'm looking at MSN News right now, and it says at least two dead, 15 injured in Kansas City shooting, right? I'm not about to Louis C.K. this bitch. I'm trying to have a career, you know? I'm not going to be talking about that. There's so many jokes already about, like, uh, Harry and Meghan Markle. Going but I, can't, I, can't, I could crack a joke about that. I'd be like, that's a bad KDA ratio, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to go that right. route, dude, I'm right. I, but then, but then again, you know, you know, that's bad. That's not tasteful. Right. As the, as the point is like, and like, I think this is the part of woke culture and PC culture. I agree with where, yes, you can make the joke. You have the first right, the first amendment, freedom of speech, whatever to make that joke. Question is, is it going to be 90% people laughing and 10% pissed off? Or is it going to be 40% pissed off and 60% laughing, right? You want to keep that nice ratio of, yes, somebody is going to get offended, right, from any joke. But you want to keep that percentage as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and like you know it's like one of those things of like you better be you better be witty as hell in order to make yeah. a joke for sure yeah and and I know that KDA joke just made you chuckle, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people who don't play video games will be like, is he just cracking a joke? Because they don't understand it, right? And so is he cracking a joke about people dying? And then now you're now you're fucked. Yeah, I mean it goes back to all like those headshot jokes back in like when we were growing up. Yeah. You know, headshot, headshot. Headshot, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean like if you and this is the thing, right? It's just like some things you could you can maybe joke around with with only your friends and then you there's other things or other ways that you can joke around with strangers that you don't even know and like that's the fine line that we have to um to teeter-totter when we're especially looking at news um because you can you can get into unsavory places very very fast very easily yeah yeah yep well listen i have i have some jokes i want to run by you um all right, and I just want to see what your first reactions of them are. All right, so you want to do like a quick, quick rapid fire round? Uh, yeah, sort of. Okay, so <laughs> some of these might be crude, so I'm still working on it, obviously. But this is about Matthew McConaughey uh, setting his mother up with Hugh Grant's dad. Okay, have you heard about this news? Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Matthew McConaughey sets up mom, age 88, with Hugh Grant's dad, age 91. Um, he did it just so he can call someone daddy. <laughs> All right, so Matthew McConaughey sets up mom, age 88, with Hugh Grant's dad, age 91. He also gifted them lube and Viagra. Um, Wait, I have, I have a really good joke. Okay, let's hear it. But I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna use this joke. I think it's funny. It's like Matthew McConaughey introduces Hugh Matthew McConaughey introduces his mom to Hugh Grant's dad. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matthew McConaughey introduces uh, his mom to Hugh Grant's dad, introducing English people to Southern hospitality. Oh, it's not bad. Right, it's not bad. I'm gonna use that. It's not bad. I want, but you know, like if you're gonna do that. It feels like it feels less of a um, like a news anchor joke and more of like a little bit, right? Like I would like to I would like to um, to see like maybe like another beat of that happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was gonna go to the incest route, but keeping it safe. Uh, you know, like I was gonna say, it's kind of like. Well, the thing is, if Matthew McConaughey is from Alabama, it would be so good. Like, I could definitely heighten it more, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, siblings and parents and shit. Like, I, I don't know. There, there could be something there. But it's not really... I don't know why I'm thinking of, a, of an incestuous angle for some reason. Because it's just weird to me that two kids would introduce their parents to each other. I always think of something, like, of a weird family dynamic, right? Uh... So I don't know. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, though. It sounds more like a bit than a than a news anchor thing. Yeah. Right. Um, not to say that you couldn't use it as a news anchor thing, but I think that just to to experience the Southern hospitality, I don't know. Just or like maybe because Matthew McConaughey has made so many of his movies in like Texas. <laughs> uh, right. Right. I mean, you know, he's Southern, but so yeah. Like he's like. I don't know. I was also making another joke. It was just like, uh, so that like he's not the only 
uh, McConaughey that can show his like, sorry, his body without his, uh, whatever. Forget I even said it. <laughs> real bad, real bad. Uh, this is one of the cruder ones though. Uh, Matthew McConaughey sets up mom, age 88, with Hugh Grant's dad, age 91. He did this not to be nice, but after he got tired of replacing her dildo batteries. <laughs> uh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, this is my last one, I think. Uh, Matthew McConaughey sets up mom, age 88, with Hugh Grant's dad, age 91. He did so by locking them in a hotel room with a violinist, bottle of wine, and porn on VHS. <laughs> Porn on VHS. Um, no, 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 no. You need something older. You need something older. Uh, I would say like Barry White Records or something. No, well, it doesn't have the same hit. I don't know. I don't know. You need something. You need something to signify that they're older than that. Right, know, right, Because porn. Right. porn on VHS is like our dad, dad's right. It's not like grandparents though. What will grandparents use? Uh, I don't know. Like black and black and white flip cards or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I like that. I like the I like the beat of that, where it's like the first two are like the common one, and the third one is like some weird old fashioned erotic shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, out of all these Matthew McConaughey jokes, did any of these like stand out to you? Yeah, the last one. The last one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 I thought that was. Um, I thought that one might be better for like a uh, like a weekend update bit or something. Yeah, because the one before that one, the dildo one, is definitely way cruder, but the second one is not that crude, right? The last okay. one that you just did with the VHS stuff is not that crude, and it's kind of innocent, and not innocent, but like, <clears throat> it's it's funny. It has everything, basically, what I'm saying. It's kind of risque, but it's also funny and everything, you know? Okay, so let me, let me, let me notate, uh, let me notate that down real quick. Um, all right, I'm going to run... Some other joke. You might have heard these jokes before, but I'm gonna run them by you again, right? And again, this is all for the NBC uh, packet. So yeah. Gotta keep it like you know, uh, very direct. It says Rob Kardashian reported recently that he's considering a live-in facility for weight loss. Yes, you will get short-term results, but I suggest something that's proven for long-term, uh, like living on minimum wage and food stamps. Nope. All right. No, it's too long. I, I feel like the premise and the punchline, there was too much space in the middle there. You need to cut those words. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So Kylie Jenner donates $1 million to Australia relief efforts, which means her fans have created yet another GoFundMe to recover funds so she can keep her billionaire status. Wait, but is that true though? Well, her fans created a GoFundMe for her to become a billionaire a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. So now that she donated money over to a relief, that's why I'm saying that her fans. I feel like the joke there, though, would be, at least from my perspective, is that rather than her fans donating $1 million, getting her fans to donate $1 million, she has a better chance of them creating a GoFundMe page after she donates a $1 million herself. Like her, pan her fans care about her more than the Australian wildfires. They're like, you could kind of signify it. How much of a piece of shit fan base she has? Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah. All right. Let me. That might be a good note here. Let me just write that down. Right. Yeah. Like, what kind of shitty fan base do you have to have that if you donate a million dollars, people will cover it for you? But if you ask them to donate a million dollars, they're like, no, 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 it's okay. 
<laughs> and not the relief. Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. So maybe I'll work with that one. All right, so, uh, and these are the Michael B. Jordan jokes, by the way. Michael B. Jordan has finally moved out of his parents' house as of last Wednesday, which is now old news. Uh, fans are now relieved to find out that Jordan is, in fact, not a screamer. <laughs> uh, Michael B. Jordan has finally moved out of his parents' house as of last Wednesday, making him the second 30-plus-year-old to be evicted from uh, by their parents. I fucked up that joke. That's fine. Uh, Michael B. Jordan has finally moved out of his parents' house as of last Wednesday. He made sure to take his baby blanket, beanie babies, and toy condoms with him. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. I like that reveal at the end, yeah. Uh, Michael B. Jordan revealed on Ellen he has finally moved out of his parents' house as of last Wednesday. His new residence is Neverland, where he can forever stay a child and never grow up. <laughs> That's a good one, too, yeah. All right, so which one do you think hits you the hardest? The last two, the Neverland one for sure. Uh, but I just want to say it brings up Michael Jackson in my head. So I don't know if you could think of something else other than Neverland. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. it, kind of bring, it kind of makes you think, oh, is Michael Jackson going to be involved in this joke? But it kind of ends on Neverland. So it's kind of fine, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh so, but I feel like the previous joke, the one with the uh, Beanie Babies blanket, whatever, and the condoms, like that kind of has the same effect. That he's trying to be an adult, but he's also a baby or what, whatever, you know? I got you. All right. Well, those are, those are my rapid fire jokes. So I'll- I like that. I think, I think this is what we're going to do constantly. I think we'll take turns every episode doing rapid fire. And we have to try to get each other to laugh. Oh, uh, then they won't know if something's working or not. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's so much better. It's so much more efficient than going to an open mic and then uh, talking to silence. That's what really good. Like, <laughs> when like three people are in the building, all you're getting is your echo. You're just like, this real estate right. is great. If this, I like how you're taking your frustration out though. You're like, yo, fuck open mics. I don't get any feedback. <laughs> like if this. If uh, like if these walls can talk, they'll say boo. <laughs> it's like yo, the waiter's laughing more. Yo, it would be such a gangster move. Like while you're at an open mic, you order a drink, and the waiter's like, "Do you want me to put it at your table?" No, 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 just give it to me while I'm performing, because I don't think these motherfuckers care. I mean, yeah. The, well, the difference. Uh, I think that you'll you'll definitely have a different experience just because there's so many more people in New York, so you'll yeah, you're gonna yeah, have a crowd yeah. no matter what. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna be going next week. I'm gonna see. Kind of apparently, doing my first open mic in New York. Apparently, Salt Lake City has a better crowd for their open mics than than some places in Dallas. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I can. I kind of that could be possible. So, Salt Lake City is a well known like touring location for comics, right? So, maybe. Word, word. Well, that's so. As of right now, that's all the jokes uh, that I've been working on and bits. I'm still working on more stuff, but so I'll have more stuff for you next week. Okay. Cool. Do you have anything uh, on your end? No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back out there now. I'm gonna actually perform at an open mic. I've been watching more shows. So no as of yet, no, but I am getting more material slowly. Actually I have a I wanted to discuss one bit with you. Actually, I do have one bit, which is like, 
something I actually came up with today, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, I actually, it's one of those situations where I wrote the bit, right, down when I thought of it, but now, now that I look at the note that I wrote for it, I don't remember what it was about. So that's kind of what I want your help with here. It's, uh, I wrote, our real names are our usernames in the real world. In the real world. That's kind of hard to say, real world. Real world. In real life. Does that make sense, though? Our names are kind of like our username. Yeah, for, for real life. Yeah. yeah, for real life. I can come and like, anything. But. Yeah, and then I was going to go down this thing where I take these commonalities, or not commonalities, but like what would that example be in real life, like blocking somebody on social media, uh, Facebook, or Twitter, like when we text, it's kind of like when we tweet, when we meet each other in person, that's literally Facebook, uh, right? Like, I don't know, blocking somebody is like murdering them though. Uh, I don't know. I was just trying to think of examples. Oh man. I I think that, um, I think that it would be fun to say that if you, if you kept your name, if you kept your first username as your real name, what would it be? Right? Like some people's first name, sorry, the first username that they've ever created at that age, they would probably be like, they were so proud of it because they got to create it themselves. Like I remember my first username was multiple whiz. Right. And I did it because it had no numbers and um, I wanted to, I wanted to let everyone know on the internet that I was a whiz at a multiple of things. <laughs> I know. I was so proud of it too, man. And I'm not even going to lie. I'm I'm still a little proud of it. Wait, but actually it made me think of something really funny. Like, you know how like when you're signing up for something and you put in like a username you want and they're like, this username was already taken. Yeah. And in real life, that would mean like when a baby's born and they're like, I want to name him Aaron. It's like the doctor's like, I'm sorry, this name is already taken. You can go with Aaron one, two, three, though. Right? That is fantastic. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, I, I kind of describe it as a cute bit. It can get darker with the blocking thing or whatever, or like deactivating your account means suicide or attempting suicide. Mm-hmm. You might not come back online. Right. Uh, so, I don't know. I personally also, like the idea of um uh of like your name means something and i'm just like but you give it meaning right so true true, true. in yeah. english sorry like aaron the name itself means something something weird like high and lofty mountains which which doesn't make any sense to me right high and lofty mountains but if my name really meant like trash or like trash bag like, how would that affect my personality, you know? I'm like, hey, man, yeah, my name ne- means tra- uh, trash bag. Yeah, that's that's what my parents decided to name me. But it's kind of like you could say they didn't know, you know? They're just like, I like the way it sounds. Because I feel like a lot of white people names are like that, though. White people what? names are... No. Yeah, white people names are just, oh, it sounds good. Jennifer, right? Doesn't really mean anything. But, like, if you go with, like, Indian or Chinese people or... Uh, people actually from Africa or even some uh, European people, the name actually means something. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
Like I have a friend whose last like, name means Rice King. All right. So like the thing is, is that I have met many uh, like Dominicans that have very very weird names. Um, because you know, like some of my best friends have been Dominican and shit. Um, one one of the uh, coworkers I used to 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 have, her name was Major Ling. It's like Mayor Ling. That's what mm-hmm. like the English version of that would be. It was M A Y E R L I N G. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of like three names. But what did it mean? It didn't mean anything. It was just a combination of three different names. All right, so I guess Latin people are out. They also have these hocus pocus names that. Well, then what do you say, Cardi B? Cardi B has like this name, like Belka. Well, Cardi B said what her name means. Cardi B is like my sister's name was Hennessy, so I got named Bacardi, and then I changed it to Cardi B. So there you go. No, that's not true, man. If you look at her legal name, her legal name is Belkalis something Almanzar or something. I don't know what that means. Is that like an Arabic name? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Nah, man. I'll tell you, like, I think that she's I think that she's Dominican. I mean, like, I, I first thought she was Puerto Rican, but she might be Dominican. Hold on for a second. Let me see what where her stuff says. Uh, all right, so her name is Bocalis Marlenis Almanzar. Dude, that's got to be a Dominican name, bro. Like, I've met... I mean, Almanzar sounds like, like a Middle Eastern name, I'm not going to lie. Some, there was, like, some girls that I knew, because, you know, like, I, I used to live in the South Bronx, right? So, like, mm-hmm. there was, like, some girls I knew that, like, their name was just so unique that the shorthand for that was Lala. So we just called... I know, I know of two different girls who just wanted to be called Lala. That's like that's like you can't just do that. That should be illegal. What? That's a nickname, dude. Just calling somebody by their nickname is not illegal. No, I'm saying having a nickname like that should be illegal. <laughs> Lala. Yeah. yeah, no, man. This is it doesn't even say it. it just says that she's I'm looking at her her Wikipedia page, which is, you know, the gateway to her soul. Um <laughs> But it just says that she's from the Bronx, obviously. And uh, she's she's an American rapper, songwriter, and television personality and actress. But um, doesn't say how she got that name though. But yeah, and then yeah. and you know what her her um her husband's name is also really funny to me. Offset, because his name is well, you Kiari Andrew Cephas. Yeah. Wait, what was it? What was it? Kiari. Ken, okay. Kendrill Cephas. All right, now it makes sense why you went with the offset. Yeah, right? The last name, for sure. Yeah. Offset, yeah, I yeah. I agree. I would rather call him Offset than Kiari. But you know what? I'm, yeah. I'm okay with calling him Kiari, but Offset well, just I mean, sounds Kiari cool. sounds like a pop star name, you know? What's that? Kiari sounds like a pop star name. Like, like it a, feels like an like, R&B dude. I feel like that name will work so well. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. only like Usher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. All right. All right. So um, that's it. That's, that's that's the amount of bits that we have for this episode, right? Yeah. I think that's all we got for this episode. Uh, I think one of the things we should give people a heads up about is that we are going to roll out eventually uh, an option for people to kind of submit their own suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any, if you have any bits, uh, stand up, yeah. um, sketch comedy stuff. We'll shit on them for you. We'll do it for free. We'll shit on it. Yeah, we'll we, do it for free. We just heard Parth. He was just like, I love watching open micers bomb. It's like my yeah. thing. 
it gives me the that's how I got my material. I'm like, all right, man, you you mess up this bit. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna make it good, even though I've been out of practice for so long. He's just like, listen, uh, I don't come up with new material. You are the material. <laughs> yeah, that and also I think uh, this rapid fire thing is gonna become more consistent. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a good way of figuring out which which ones uh, quickly. Yeah. You yeah, like yeah. so, so you know, I, I've been trying to do this thing where I just sit down and write for like 15, 20 minutes every single day, and mm. I have totally fucked up on that <laughs> for some of these days. But even yesterday, I tried to do it, and I was just like, just cranking out only bad jokes. It was like my mind was only set on doing bad material, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna ride this, I'm gonna ride this uh, wavelength for a little while. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing. Uh, Something like that, but it's different where I'm only writing down the idea, but not working through it. But anyway, that's for next episode. We'll talk about that kind of stuff. All right, guys. Talk to you guys later. See you. Yep. See you.